Welcome back to Your Story, the only podcast where our guests tell theirs with the help of only 12 questions and ideally 30 minutes. Today, we are joined by Ezenwani Abi. We are thrilled to have her as she is an attorney with a business background and a real estate professional as well. She brings a holistic approach to solving all of her clients' problems. Ezenwani, thank you for joining us. Like I said, we are thrilled to have you. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on. Of course. Um, and I wanted to start there. The the holistic approach. Uh, is that something that uh, you find is common in the legal world? Or, or why does that make make your bio in the first part? Or how, how is that? Why is that important? Uh, I think it's, it's important for me because it's sort of how I approach life personally and how I approach problems. I think in both legal, real estate businesses, things are not always just what you see. So I try to understand my clients, seek to understand not just what's presented to me, but really what the driving forces are, what goes beyond really the, the most apparent thing. So the holistic perspective means I see, I try to look beyond what is obvious. Okay, and that's and that's interesting, um, especially the part where you mentioned uh, seek to understand more than what's what's brought to you or presented to you. How how have you been able to do that, and how have you been able to um, kind of really understand maybe a someone is either telling you something or, or it looks apparent, but that's not really the case. What what have you been uh, able to do to to kind of dig deeper? It's uh, conversations, conversations and questions, right? Um, I'll give an example. Someone comes to me, says, I, I want to sue somebody else. We have a business issue. They did this, it stole money and all this other stuff. You find that the more you, you know, the issue is presented as an embezzlement, I, I, business dissolution, business divorce. But the more you um, ask questions or the more I ask questions and try to dig a little deeper and get a better understanding of my client and their state of mind, you tend to find in this case that they're just frustrated and disappointed that they did all the work to set up the business. And now the partner wants to come in with their family and they're just not happy about it. So there a lot of times going beyond what's obvious or what's stated means asking different types of questions to try to really understand what's uh, driving or pushing someone to behave in a certain way. That's a good example. Thank you for illustrating that. You're welcome. So having the background in both real estate and the law, how have you found that that's been helpful to um, either navigate a client's issues when it's either on one side or both sides, or has it been helpful to you to have kind of the training and the experience in multiple areas? It's It's been helpful in some instances where I have business clients who may not realize that uh, real estate investments are a good opportunity for them for diversification. So that becomes something that I get to expose others to. And in other cases, when I come across some you know, some interesting clients in the real estate space who are either unsure of whether they want to start a business, whether they want to grow a business. Because of my business background, not just as an attorney, but also as a business coach, I find that conversation sometimes can be pulled from one, one category to another. So it just, it, it, it depends on the type of client I'm dealing with or the type of person I'm dealing with. And I think that's important to understand who's in front of you, what their expectations are, and then ultimately, if it's a client, what what either solutions can be provided or what situations you can help them move forward with. Uh, like yourself, I, I have 
a real estate, a legal, and a coaching background. And I seem to anger other professionals in all three of those disciplines because I don't stick to one lane. Uh, mm -hmm. I was just wondering if, if you have uh, found the same or if uh, you've been able to uh, balance it better than I have. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a balancing act. And yes, you find that people can come from one angle and then intersect into the other. But sometimes they come and they just want to stay in their lane and, you know, purchase or buy and do their real estate and move on. Or they're just legal clients and they don't care to, you know, enhance or grow and engage in the business coaching sense. So I find that with conversation and kind of paying attention to the type of people you're working with, you get to realize what they need, even if they may not be aware of it just yet. Excellent. And you are in uh, Houston, and generally, at least a starting point for most legal and real estate work is your nearest geography or where you're physically located. Do you find that your practice is uh, the Houston market? Have you expanded uh, outside the city, or where is your geography? So I live in Pearland, Texas, which is right outside of the city of Houston. Um, and because I engage, of course, in Houston, obviously, my clients tend to come from Pearland and surrounding areas, which are smaller towns, and Houston also. Um, it has been helpful being here because I focus my marketing. I live, I work in Pearland. My children are here. They go to school here. So that becomes my primary focus. It's almost uh, a smaller community-type legal practice. And, of course, the city, the bigger city Houston is around. So some clients also get pulled in just from either researching or coming across me in other capacities. And I... Do you think it's important, as you referenced, to work the community you work in to be actively involved and to serve that community? How have you been successful in doing that, either uh, meeting new clients or, or just being active in the community? Um, meeting new clients, being active, networking within the community, outside, um, and just begin. I'm um, right now. I mean, I've ha had my own space here. Uh, just a year. So I'm right now beginning to think about really community activism, engaging more with volunteering and sort of local activities within this space. Um, but yes, engaging, networking, those have all been very beneficial. Very nice. And I wanted to ask you about a quote that I came across as I was preparing for today. Uh, it is by Farrah Gray, uh, build your own dreams or someone else will hire you to build theirs. Uh, wh why is that important to you? And, and what does that, what has that meant for your career so far? Ooh, okay. Yeah. 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 You went digging. You caught me on that one. Um, what does that mean for me personally? I'll speak for me first before I kind of talk about others. For me, there's, um, I had a, I, I had a great job before I decided to move into the entrepreneurial space, but there was a certain satisfaction that I didn't have. And I think that was in the idea of creating something and kind of having your own baby, you know, uh, for me, that was important. I find that over time, as I matured, that was important for me to figure out what my idea of success was, what 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 my vision for my life looked like, and then really, you know, how do I how do I effectively build my dream and my version? I, understanding that is different for everybody. Some people, I mean, when I started, I wanted to be on, in the C-suite and work hard and put in eighty hours and do all of that. But that was someone else's dream. That's someone else's vision. That's someone else's idea. Over time, I realized that mine was a little different. Mine was, you know, we're now in a smaller town. I have more time with my children um, and I get to kind of create these two different, three different businesses on my own terms, the way that I want to. And I get to present myself how I really feel genuinely present. So for others, uh, which is part of my entrepreneurial uh, coaching aspect, 
I try to really consider the first step being what is your dream? What is your vision, right? A lot of times we think we have an idea of what it is, but the further we dig deeper, sometimes people realize that their their vision of what they sold themselves is not really what it is. And maybe that changes over time. Maybe that has never really been the truth, but I, I strongly believe that once you identify it, then your focus should be on building that. And if it means being in the C-suite in an organization and going you know, international, that's fine. But the identification is very important to really take the time every five years or so to assess yourself and what that success and that dream and vision looks like for you. No, I love that answer because you're certainly right in a lot of things you say. I don't just highlight a couple of them, that it is important, as you say at the end, to be able to access it for yourself or assess it, be able to determine for yourself that it is uh, working and that it is the right path for you and that you should always be doing that. Uh, you mentioned that you did have a great job on that path to the C-suite. Uh, what was that, if you could talk a little bit about that? Um, I I was working for a major organization in the oil and gas industry, and I, I believe I had a good trajectory there. But after a while, I just, it it's maybe a restlessness, maybe a feeling like I was going down a path that didn't quite suit me. And I struggled with that. I struggled with that because the initial vision was to grow with this company and be with this company. I was in Houston, oil and gas was big. I mean, now of course everyone is venturing to alternatives, but that was something that I was totally open to growing with the company and being there for a while. Um, but just over time, after about eight, nine years or so, I couldn't shake the feeling that I was in the wrong place. I just was in the wrong place. Um, it, it took me some time to really get comfortable with that because it's scary, <laughs> scary as hell to wake up and decide that I want to go be an entrepreneur and then try to define what that looks like when I have multiple interests and multiple capabilities. And I, what the vision was, I want to create things or something, but I wanted to be the one to create it for myself and see how that evolves. And so far it's been fun. I mean, some days I miss the stability, <laughs> but so far it's been fun. This episode of Your 1230 is brought to you by Accomplished RE, helping real estate agents achieve time, location, and financial freedom. Yes, the, uh, the stability piece is tough sometimes to leave behind, and scary is a good word to describe the uh, realization, the transition, the process, and then some of the days afterward. Uh, but as you mentioned, and, and I think the reason why we've hit it off is we do both share that interest in multiple areas, multiple capabilities, and, and ways to, to build things um, utilizing multiple, multiple of those. Um, for me, being an entrepreneur was always a hard no because my thought was I don't want to be the one that has to fix the copier when it breaks. Like that was that was my limited thinking of what it meant to be running your own thing. And you know, yeah. uh, I quickly realized how wrong that was. Um, did you have a moment in in that scary transition when you're like, you know, it's I need to take this step? Was it gradual? Or how did you make that that transition? Because I, I do find that that's what people are. Um, interested in finding more out about because they get to a point where it's like, all right, this something else might be out there for me. Yeah. So the realization that something else might be out there and actually taking the step, there was a little bit of a gap in between for me. Um, I tend to be more of a, an intense planner than an impulsive. 
I can be impulsive in certain circumstances. When it comes to my profession, no, not really. <laughs> so um, when the bug hit, it was a few years and I started thinking, okay, how do we actually put this in practice? How do we put it in place? So for me, that required preparation. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> for me, that required preparation. I initially, I thought, okay, I have the law degree. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't licensed in the state I was living in at the moment. So I had to think, okay, do I need take the bar again do I what do I need to do to prepare because the education is there the background is there how do I get that how do I put that into practice and I liked real estate I dabbled in real estate on my own investments and I thought well I could get into sales and think of maybe a potential brokerage so I wanted to be able to provide services and do things that I enjoy that came naturally to me but there was some preparation required studying getting whatever licenses were necessary, um, putting some money aside for the, the gap, because there will be, they might, I mean, generally there can be a gap between when you jump off and when you eventually start making money. So doing all of that took some time. Um, and then when I was ready, I told my organization that I was ready to go. Um, I was, I was ready to go, but I was, I wasn't, I wasn't absolutely sure that that was, so when they, they we worked it out they convinced me to stay on a part-time basis because they weren't sure that i was ready to go and i i mean clearly i wasn't quite certain at the time i know i wanted it but i was scared so i stayed on a part-time basis for a, a year uh, yeah about a year um and the second time around that was impulsive i will say that the second time around because i'd already put things in place i'd already the mindset was already there it was just I just, I, I, I pretty much woke up one day and that was it. Yeah. So some preparation was done though. <laughs> no, that, I think that's a really good way to show the intense preparation side as well as the impulsive, hey, let's, let's do this now. Type yeah. Thing. Yeah. The, when the bug is, and I'm sure, you know, you've, we've talked about this, but when the bug hits you, it's hard to not jump it's it's really difficult and if you decide you're not going to there's this internal discourse that happens for a long time it's like you're fighting yourself right so the, the impulsive thing was just okay we're, we're done let's just let's jump off the the bridge and go for it <laughs> that's an, that's another way that we're in common once we get to that point where we're at the bridge like all right it's only only forward now there's no going back so there's no going back this is it this is it very nice and i, I didn't realize this so i'll ask you did you end up taking a second bar uh, yes, I did. A okay. few times, actually. The first time I took the bar was maybe 14 years ago, 12 years, a long time ago. Um, and then the second time around, I had a full-time job. I had two kids um, and I was studying for the bar. I failed it once and twice. And the third time I finally, so the preparation was a long, it took a, a few years to get there because I didn't want to, I mean, I could have started the practice and done other things that were more federal areas that I could practice from wherever, but I wanted to give myself the opportunity to really grow in the way that I wanted to and not limit myself because of the options that were on the table. So yes, I, I did end up taking a Texas bar. So I'm licensed in Maryland and I'm licensed in Texas. Okay. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I always like to ask because I've confronted, or at least thought of the idea of leaving the state where I'm licensed, Massachusetts, and then just thinking about the months on months of preparation and then the multiple days of taking that test is uh, something that that still keeps me up at night. The thought of having to ever do that again. So it I, is I applaud you for doing it. It is brutal. It's brutal, and having to do it three times in a year and a half. I yeah, it was brutal, but. I, it was necessary for me. I'll put it that way. It was absolutely necessary for me to do it. 
and you know determination shows up when you decide that there are no other options that was no, no i had to get it <laughs> that's that's well put and the last quote e thing i wanted to ask you about and it's it's another this is a deep dive from your website so from my website no, yeah oh, okay. uh, it has you you're you're listed as your legal partner your lawyer your shield Personally, I love that because I'll talk to people about the law being uh, a uh, a shield or a sword. And I I prefer when you are are the shield because uh, uh, they can generally be more effective. I was just wondering why you chose that and what that means and and how you uh, you put that in practice for your clients. So I chose, well, the legal, well, not legal shield as a company or something that has a different thing. But the idea of it for me is to be a protective barrier for my clients. Protective barrier in the sense, especially when I work with business clients or any other space, I'm the forefront. I'm the one that gets to decide what protection looks like for you, right? If we're in a business or real estate or dealing with even a family issue, I get to come with resolutions to your problems. I get to tell you how to strategically think about what's beneficial for you. I get to give you insight into what resolve looks like. So the way I see it, I am... I'm, I'm here to protect. I'm here to pr- protect your business, protect you, protect your assets um, and protect your well-being because you're coming to me because you have a problem that you believe I am able to solve. And my job is to figure out how to solve it in a way that is beneficial and helpful for you. So I, I don't take that responsibility lightly. That just means I, I make sure And once again, with the holistic thing, it's not just one problem, right? It's almost tying it in where I I have to see beyond what you're showing me and figure out how I can add value to your life by by you coming to me. You tie that in very well. And I know we're only on audio here for for those listening to us, but just the passion and enthusiasm on your face just just shows that this is something that is near and dear to your heart that you are... Uh, excited about and you know you are very capable so it's uh thank you it's glad that you're i'm glad that your clients can find you when these issues arise that kind of leads me to my last business e type question who are uh, your clients who who do you who most often comes to you when they run into an issue either beforehand or if they're looking for protection before something uh, goes awry generally business owners i find um, other entrepreneurs or other people who may still have a day job or be in business of some kind, not only in the setting up and strategizing phase, but also in resolution, contracting, really negotiations as they, I find that most of my major clients come to me from inception to expansion. You know, it's, uh, it's smaller businesses, smaller companies or smaller or mid-size actually, we're beginning to grow to the space where, People come to, uh, to, to my office to determine what path forward. And if there's an issue, what do they do? I have a client who operates in uh, about 30 states or so. And sometimes, I mean, I'm in Texas and I support him from Texas as his general counsel or outside counsel. But um, the business will come to me and ask questions and ha- need some help in a different state. My job is once again, seek out, go out, try to find resources in other places that can support what I do, which is the protection and guidance and strategy part of things. So mostly businesses. But the firm is growing in other areas as well. So we're expanding services that we can provide, but mostly entrepreneurs and businesses. Got it. And I, I like the way that you explain being a resource, that if it's not something that falls under uh, what you do, you work with your clients to help them find the best uh, resolution for, for that issue. 
Yeah. Where can uh, where can uh, either clients or people looking to find more about you? Where can they find you? Abi Legal, abilegal.com, Abi Legal on social media. That's probably the best way to find me online. Okay. I'll be Abhi sure to put. I'll be sure to post to all that. And uh, while we are coming up on time, I did want to ask you some non non professional type questions here. You've mentioned a couple times you have uh, two kids. Uh, how old are they? Uh, they're six and seven now. Okay, that uh, seems like a fun age. Uh, oh do, yeah. Do they get along well with each other? They do. They're best friends, but they've gotten to the stage of bickering. So it's a lot of bickering. <laughs> well, focus on the best friends part. Nice job, Mon. That's that's quite an accomplishment. Thank you. Uh, and so what what uh, what else do you do outside of the office for fun? Or I'm sure you don't have much spare time, but what, what do you do when you uh, can kind of relax a bit? Relaxing for me is uh, I do some painting, I do some writing. So I have these, I have this desire. So at some point to publish something, books, fiction, sci-fi. <laughs> so I do some writing, I paint, I, I love yoga, running, fun. I love music. So concerts, um, hanging out, I, have, I try to engage with friends and travel. I try to travel often. It's a good reset for my mind to be able to get away from all of it once in a while. But yeah, that's that's really about it. I try to find things to do locally with the kids. I mean, we try to find parks and activities around um, just to engage them. The museums, we do museums often as well. So yeah, that's that's the balance. Okay, well, a couple things there. I always seem to ask this question too late because now I've buried the lead and there's so many things I want to follow up on. But <laughs> I, you say that's it, and that's just a ton of things. So obviously you are an intense planner when it comes to your calendar and schedule as well. But I want to start with the books. Um, where, did, where did the passion for writing that come from? Are you interested in those books? Are you just like writing about them? Or how, to, how did that come about? Gosh, I've been interested in writing since I was much younger. I think I just haven't made the time. I would say find the time, but I think made the time. Business career had taken forefront in everything else. And, you know, I'm, I'm an immigrant. We're Nigerian. I'm Nigerian. So education comes first <laughs> for most of us, at least when I was growing up. So writing, it, that's a nice thing. Keep that aside. Let's go to school. So that's that's always been pushed to the side for the longest time. Um, and now I, I find that I, I dream a lot more about it. I have so many stories in my head. I'm trying to just kind of keep notes of them, assuming that at some point in the future, I'll make time to actually put them together. But I've also been interested in um, the alternative, which is what I, I consider sci-fi. It's like, what's what else is different from the norm? So yeah, what a book that's in my head, it's about time travel and space. It's just very, it's very different from everything that I, you know, went to school for. So. <laughs> oh, wow. So, okay. So you've got a completely different creative side that you are uh, putting these ideas to paper, time travel, science fiction, the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I look forward, I look for that uh, on bookshelves near me. Uh, you also mentioned traveling, and I know it's uh, not the easiest time to travel, but do you have uh, any upcoming plans or have you been anywhere good recently? Um, I just went to DR recently for the first time, which was really great. I enjoyed it. Um, I really want to go to San Miguel de Allende, specifically in Mexico. It's on my list. I haven't been yet. Morocco is on my list for the year. I haven't been yet, but I'll take the kids the kids and I are probably going to travel somewhere this summer. Well, not probably. We're definitely traveling in July uh, to go visit family and hang out in Mexico for a bit. But yeah, there's always a list. 
<laughs> yes, that's clear. And you are a brave woman for traveling internationally, even if it's even if it's not that far with two cho- two small children. Because uh, my yeah, kids can barely I'm, get in the car. So well I feel done. like a veteran at that point. I, I traveled <laughs> with them when they were about two or one to London, and that was oh god, that was an experience. So now you know, we just go. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I would like to wrap up with one question here. Is there anything that I didn't ask that I probably should have during our time together today? No, I think I think you got the wide spectrum of everything. Um, if there's anything, I mean, I, I'm not sure who your audience definitely are mostly in real estate. But if there is anything, it's just whatever you're doing, keep keep going at it. You know, it, it can be a it can be a painful process to try to create and build something on your own for yourself. And if you happen to embark on that journey, it is rewarding, but the entrepreneurial cycle can be exhausting. So just give yourself a break and keep going at it. That's, that's really good advice because uh, sometimes it's easy to give up when it becomes hard, when it's painful, just keep going. So yeah. Thank you so much for uh, joining us this week. Again, we'll post all of your information in the show notes. Uh, uh, this has been a lot of fun, so thank you. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. You got Thanks it. Thanks for having me. Thank you for sticking around to the end of the podcast. If you've made it this far, you might also be interested in a digital course I recently published. It's on how to market-proof your real estate business for any environment, any conditions, any market. It's about two hours. It's available at the link in the show notes. If you use discount code podcast, it is available at 50% right now. So like I said, if you've made it this far, who knows, you might be interested in that as well. So check that out and we look forward to you coming back next week.